welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, and of course, we are your host, Tim and Julie Harris. We're broadcasting live from lovely and hotter than you know what, Austin, mm-hmm. Texas. So, Julie, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, and we've had such great commentary on our current series that I'm encouraged to go further and go deeper and have some fun with us. Julie, are you surprised by the positive feedback on this particular topic that we've been that we carried over from last week? Are you surprised that people are it's resonating with so many people at such a high level? I guess I'm not surprised by it. I I'm happy I'm encouraged by it. I think that it's something that not everybody talks about but everybody wants and maybe that's why it's so popular. Hmm, yeah, I know. I'll have to say I'm surprised because it's been my experience that you guys for the most part Want more, you know, want to have more like, okay, do this to, you know, run this ad, you know, do this little widget idea, you know, to make money. But, you know, I think what's actually what we're experiencing, Julie, and you and I have seen this in our coaching careers before, um, we're experiencing people that are starting, you know, our listeners and certainly our coaching clients that are emerging from their, finally emerging from the emotional, you know, losing the emotional baggage from the recession, the depression, you know, whatever you want to call it. By the way, mm-hmm. historically, it'll be definitely known as a depression. But in any event, mm-hmm. so there, so we're emerged. So we've, uh, I think, the economists will argue that we're have emerged for the most part, or are emerging. But emotionally, a lot of people were lagging. They were still having uh, recession, depression type thoughts. They're mm-hmm. still waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? And I think even if you weren't even bur- uh, vocalizing or verbalizing, a lot of folks were actually feeling that way. So. Those feelings now are, are finally being able to, uh, you know, you guys are giving giving yourselves permission to no longer be burdened with those emotions anymore. And a lot of that's being reinforced by the fact that you're making more money than in many cases than you ever have before. I know from the, we did a survey of our coaching clients, and, um, you know, the incomes of our top uh, agents have gone up by 30% year over year. Yeah. So we're seeing massive uh, – now – would we love to say it's all because of our great coaching? Well, of course, our egos would love that, but it's not true. <laughs> I mean, you know, if anything, it's because you guys are using the tools that we've been giving you and you're taking advantage of the market that's in front of you and you're making money. So, you know, it, we may be a tool in your toolbox of success, but the reality of it is is you guys get all the credit for your success. You know, I'm talking to you coaching clients. And, uh, you know, congratulations for that. But it, you know, emotionally, what a lot of people are now finding is they're feeling secure again. They're feeling happy, dare I say again. They're feeling optimistic again. They're feeling, you know, all those great things that re- lead to more success. So emotionally, they're getting their cards, uh, you know, their, their dominoes are stacking up again opposed to falling down. Um, and now what they need is they need more reinforcement to continue on the ascension, right? And that comes from basically really your mindset. The Blind hard work, which is required, the doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it is required. But at the end of the day, what takes you to the next level and keeps you at the next level is your mindset, is your belief that you can 
continue to be successful? Is your belief that, as we talked about this on the previous radio shows, and go back, listeners, if you hadn't heard yesterday's show, and just go back for the past, you know, seven or ten shows, and because we, Julie and I have been having this as a recurring topic, but it's your mindset, your belief that, you know what, you can accomplish anything in this life. You can, you are in the right place at the right time. You have, you know, lucked out and chosen the right industry to be in. There are in, no income caps on uh, what you're able to earn. Uh, if you're uh, willing to think big and act bigger, you know, you guys have heard these. You've probably been exposed to this type of thinking before, but I think for a, a lot of you, for the first time, you're actually experiencing the effects of having, uh, uh, you know, been thinking like this for like six months, 12 months, two years, 10 years. Now you're really seeing the payoff of it. Um, and you're wanting more of it, right? You want to keep reinforcing it. Personally, that's the reason I think this topic is so, um, you know, so many people are responding to us passionately. They're sending us emails. They're giving us a lot of great feedback. So obviously we're going to continue doing radio shows, not only, but we're going to continue doing radio shows that will reinforce you guys uh, emotionally because, man, real estate can be draining, that is for sure. Mm-hmm. So, Julie, we are on point number 13, I think? 15. 15. No, 15. 15. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. So let's just jump back in. Um, point number 15, Jules? All right, perfect. So for those of you who missed the previous points, the topic is top 25 traits of happy people and how to implement and embrace those traits for yourself. So it's not just the point, but what to do about it. So point number 15 Happy people have a mindset of giving before getting. They're not in conflict about being here to serve. Happy people become happier when they help someone else achieve versus unhappy people who feel like something's being taken away from them. So here's the action. Write five thank you notes every day to shine the light on someone else. You'll feel great doing it, and they'll feel great getting a thoughtful card from you. That's a simple act that you can implement into your daily schedule that gets you into gratitude, that causes your ego to dwindle, causes you to shine light on someone else, and really gets you into that mindset of giving before getting. I mean, think about how special you feel when you get a heartfelt handwritten note. That Yes, of course, we can send e-cards and texts and emails and all that, but that's, just, that's like a 10-second thing. It doesn't require that much thought whereas a handwritten card actually has more significance now that we live in a world of texting. So that's point number 15. All right, so yes, go ahead. um, Write this down, everyone, and this is something, again, longtime coaching clients, you guys know what I'm about to say. Write on a a card, write on a piece of paper, put it someplace where it's always in front of you, especially when you're at, uh, at your desk. How can I be of service to you? How can I help you? You know, because here's what happens. If you just play this out with me, you're about to pick up the phone and you're going to call for sale by owner. And, and let's say you're not real comfortable calling for sale by owners. It just, it's something you've avoided. Um, so you're going to call it for sale by owner. And, you know, where, where, your th- where your, your mind goes? It goes to panic, right? It goes to what am I going to say? Again, I know some of you guys are veterans at this and you love FISBOs, and that's great. But for the 99% of you who don't love FISBOs, maybe tolerate FISBOs, or maybe have yet to Try embrace, to ignore them. Uh, right, exactly. So, so for those of you who are in that camp, how do you feel right now? We're going to literally pick up the phone right now and call for sale by owner. It's all the random fear thoughts, right? What are you going to say? How are you going to say it? What are you going to do if they say this? What are you going to do if they say that? You know, all those worst-case scenario, ego-based fear thoughts start jumping in. Now, mm-hmm. notice that. I want you to feel those feelings ever so slightly, and then I want you to uh, replace 
like replace that thought with this. Replace those series of fear-based ego thoughts with this. How can I be of service to you? How can I help you? So here's what happens. And and if for those of you who are ready for the lesson, this is going to be one of the most important things you're ever going to learn from us. When you start out every conversation, especially in a sales situation, but really any situation in life, with the idea that you're here to serve the person you're engaging with, you're here to truly help the person that you're talking with, if that becomes your most prominent thought, how can I help this person? How can I be of service to you? And you can literally say it, but at the very least think it. What happens is your ego-based fear thoughts, they, aren't, they can't coexist in your mind when you're having the of-service thoughts. Test that, okay? We're going to call a FISBO right now, all of us. That FISBO's about to get 100,000 calls. Hmm. So that's okay. right. So we're going to call a FISBO, and you now have the mindset of service. How do you feel? How do you feel? What are your thoughts going? What would you now, what would be the result that you would get if you were to make that call having that mindset of service? It's a massive difference. It's a massive shift. I want you guys to consider that. You know, Julie, right before the radio show today, I was actually talking with one of our coaching clients, one of our longtime coaching mm-hmm. clients, mm-hmm. and he was ready to add on a new spoke. Guys, if you're not familiar with the spokes on the wheel concept, you want to have at least seven really strong lead generation systems in place. So with that in mind, the spoke that I suggest that he consider adding right away is zbuyer.com. And now mm-hmm. the nice thing about zbuyer.com, and I, I know this is something you run across too all the time, Julie, is that they've got such a cool system for agents to get access to great motivated buyers and sellers. You guys know we have passion for helping you guys become really masterful listing agents. And despite the name, ZBuyer also is a fantastic tool for you getting access to sellers. So I would strongly encourage all of you to look into ZBuyer.com and see that if that's a fit for you. So Julie, let's go on to point number 16. All right, perfect. So point number 16, happy people are not necessarily in perfect balance with the five areas of life. So again, what are those five areas? Family, physical, financial, educational, and spiritual. But they are actively striving for their specific goals in those areas. Health and happiness is being pursued actively, not passively. So it's not that they're in perfect balance, Tim. It's more of a a sense that they're moving towards something and that they're actively working on their goals in those areas of life. So the action here would be to to really get serious about your goal setting. And our coaching clients, long time, and even brand new coaching clients should be familiar with this. Do your goals, especially in the five areas of life, this is part of the treasure map, post your goals on your wall. Remember that goals must be measurable, specific, time-dependent, and posted. It's not enough to just say, yeah, you know what, I'm going to get in shape this year. No, they've got to be measurable. How much in shape? Are you going to lose weight? What's going to change about your diet? By when? Specific, time-dependent, and posted. We had talked about having a body double to help you with that goal of what you want to look like. But even financial goals, you know, when we're at live events, Tim, you and I always ask, you know, what's the goal? I don't think anybody's ever said, I want to earn less money. They always say, I want to earn more. I want to do better. Well, how much more? By when? Why and how are you going to do it? So happy people are not just living in the endless bliss of perfect balance in all of their five areas. Everything swell all the time passively. No, they're actively pursuing those things that are important. In order for that to work, it means they've actually set those goals in the first place. What are your thoughts about that, Tim? 
Well, so, it's, you know, the first sentence of what you just read is the most important thing, right? So you guys, a lot of you come to us as coaching clients, and you're telling us that you want to have balance, right? And that is an admirable goal. But the reality of it is, in our opinions, in our humble opinions, <laughs> after having done this for 10 years, and just between Julie and I, not including our nearly 20 coaches, we've done literally tens of thousands of personal one-on-one coaching calls. And every single one of those folks, if you were to ask them, do they think, you know, are they in the pursuit of balance? When they come to us, they always say yes. But here's the thing. Balance is a myth. You're always out of balance. And that's okay. Remember what Julie just said. The pursuit of balance, the pursuit of trying to achieve goals in each category, that's about as close as you're ever going to get. Because the reality of it is, is you're, you're focused on, say, for example, as many of you are, and this reason you listen to us every day, making money, improving your financial situation, building security, getting to the point where you can actually have a sense of freedom, right? That's what we're all about. That's what we're helping you guys do, literally become rich. That is our goal. So if you're really focused on that for eight or ten hours a day, as many of you are, then it makes sense that other aspects of your life are going to not necessarily have the same level of attention as they normally would. So, for example, it's normal for someone to have a lot of um, goals under the financial category and maybe have fewer goals, depending on their age, under the spiritual category. And when we do goals with folks that are, um, you know, basically say, you know, I'd say really realistically 60s, 70s, and we've actually had coaching clients in the 80s, which is always fun. So they'll have more goals that are under the spiritual category. Um, and, you know, same goes with educational. Maybe your goal is in the next six months, you know, your goal is to master the listing presentation, get the pre-listing pack done, become really good with this, that, and the other, and you have very specific goals. Well, that means that maybe if you were thinking about learning French, that's going to take the back seat to focus them. You guys get the point, right? If you see a someone in really stellar condition, walking out of the gym, um, and they look like the person, they look like they could basically, you know, be a human, perfect human specimen, right? That kind of person. Right. Uh, you can pretty much be guaranteed that they're neglecting other aspects of their lives. And as you watch longer, you'll see basically they can't afford a car and they hop on public transpo. Nothing wrong with that, but I'm just saying, because they've put so much time into uh, the physical, which is one of the categories of uh, goals, right? They've neglected some maybe, for example, financial categories of goals. So be okay with being out of balance. A lot of you, and it's very easy to happen, especially if you, you know, pay attention to popular culture and you read books and all the rest of it. All of us, you know, we seem to uh, think sometimes that we should be striving for some perfect state of balance. Um, again, it's not ever going to happen, so don't stress yourself out trying to make it happen. Just say, for example, this year I'm really going to focus, or you can even set you know, monthly goals. I'm going to focus on these specific, you know, five categories of, of you know, goals in your life, and in these particular categories I'm going to do really great. I'm going to kick these goals butt, and that means maybe I don't necessarily focus on the other things as intensely. Does that make sense, Julie? Absolutely, it does. And to come to terms with the fact that that whole, you know, mythical perfect balance, you know, once you let go of that thought that that's possible and you embrace the thought that you're just working towards those things that are important, everything else becomes that much easier. So our next point is point number 17. Happy people ask questions. All right, so they're constantly learning. This is one of the things that we actually look for in both coaches and in clients. It's kind of a tell where they're at. Right? So happy people ask lots of questions and they are consciously, constantly learning. 
They have coaches in multiple areas of life. They haven't stagnated educationally, financially, or emotionally. So here's the action. Who's holding you accountable to the things you claim are important to you? How much faster would you get there if you weren't going it alone on all of those different levels? So that's one of the most common, quite frankly, compliments that we get as a coaching organization is that we're helping people move forward towards their goals faster and more efficiently. So back to you, Tim. Julie, can you uh, let me know why asking questions is an attribute? Like, why is that something that is seen as an admirable skill set, being a good question asker? <laughs> as I ask you a question, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nicely done. <laughs> so I, I think that it shows lack of ego because you're sh openly showing that you don't think that you already know it all and that you're there and you've arrived and you've learned what you're going to learn. I think that's part of it. I think curiosity that's a Da Vinci trait, right, one of the seven Da Vincian traits, to keep yourself in curiosity all the time. It makes you more aware. It makes you more present. It's all good for you. So I think that people who don't ask questions and just make assumptions are displaying a level of ego and are, are acting like they already know it all. And, you know, what's assuming is never good. I see this with real estate clients all the time. So you know, I think it's important to ask questions, and that's something to adopt immediately. There's a reason why in the country the most successful listing agents specifically have gotten really good at prospecting is because it is hard, and they know there's less competition because most other agents will give up. And so if you want to learn how to make money, I'll give you the easiest way to do it. Number one, you definitely want to get our scripts. You definitely want to get our objection handlers. They're totally written for this economy, this market. They're not just some overused scripts from the 70s. So there's that. Number two, and this is without a doubt what I would be doing for every one of you, I would get mojocells.com. So Mojo Sells, even before they were a sponsor of the show, we always suggest that you guys use them because why? It is a done-for-you, in-the-box, complete lead generation business system. It's probably one of the coolest things out there for agents who are actually serious about building their business. It's an auto-dialer, but they also can sell you lists of expireds. They can sell you lists of for sale by owners. And all you have to do is sit in front of your computer, hit one button, and then all of a sudden, guess what happens? It starts dialing for you. Okay? So you guys got to be really clear that if you're serious about building your business and you're serious about making a lot of money, sooner or later, I promise you, you're going to have to learn to master these skills because all the other stuff that's easy, the problem with it is it becomes oversaturated in like 90 days. So all these little passive things, they do work. I'm not saying that they don't, but they work for a very short period of time. Whereas learning the skills necessary and using an incredible tool like Mojo Sells makes it so that you will make money consistently every single day. And you treat mentally and emotionally, you'll start seeing the other things that you do that are passive things as the icing, right? You'll see those as the frosting. But the real uh, benefit, the real work, the real money, the real success comes from actually learning how to master these types of skills. So definitely want to look into our friends at MojoSells.com. So, Julie, I love point number 18. Happy people love to be in the middle two stages of mastery. Um, and you guys, Julie, who was it that wrote the four stages of learning? Um, remind me. I want to say Maslow, but I might be wrong about Maslow. that. I have to look yes, that up to be it sure. It was Maslow. Yeah. Yeah, okay, great. Good. Abraham Maslow. Bye. We're back in Psych 101, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So, uh, you know, actually, I just had a flashback of you and I 
back when we went to college. Julie and I, when we first got married, this is when we were 20 and 21, okay? This is forever ago. And um, we would take, we went to college together. We went, we met in high school. We went to college together. And we would always take the same classes. Why? Because we would then be able to share school books and we couldn't afford to take different classes and have to buy different sets of school books. So I remember, actually, Julie, I remember in psychology mm-hmm. class where we were originally exposed to this. Anyway, flashback from the past. I know. So, I was thinking um, the same thing. Yep. Yep. So, guys, here's the thing. This is very, very cool. And so the levels of mastery, you should Google this and research this. Um, but the most essentially, Julie, why don't you pick it up from there? So conscious incompetence and conscious competence, yeah. what does that mean? Okay, perfect. So look at what the terms say. It's a bit of a tongue twister, but we can do this. So happy people like to be in the middle two stages of mastery, which are conscious incompetence and conscious competence. I know that sounds the same, but look at what the words are. They don't allow themselves to feel like they know it all, which would be the fourth category, and that's unconscious competence. And we do a whole, you know, there's a lot of things that we do on this with uh, our coaching clients. But let's just stay focused on not feeling like you always know it all. So become familiar with the stages of mastery. It's a lot to present in our mini point here on one radio show. But it's very Googleable and coaching clients, you talk to your coach about it. Uh, stages of mastery, know where you are on the different skills required for you to reach your goals. What steps are necessary to move into the middle two most profitable stages. I'll use a real quick example on this, Tim. Listing agents, especially we see this with grizzled veterans, where they think that they've got a listing in the bag because they are who they are and they've got tons of experience and you know it's a neighborhood that they know, they've had a sign there before. So they go in at that last stage, unconscious competence. They think that they know it all, they're all set. And then another agent who's an up-and-comer who is really frosty and on top of it, following a specific systematic approach of things like pre-qualifying and using good scripts, cleans their clock because that agent is in the middle two stages of mastery. They're consciously competent, which means that they are actively working on their skills and have not become complacent. So thoughts on that, Tim? Well, I mean, you know, everyone's guilty of this, especially when they become successful. That's the worst time. Mm-hmm. Uh, for agents is they reach a certain level um, and things start to become easy and then they stop mm-hmm. doing the things that they originally took for them to get yeah. in the first place. And, you know, it, Julie, if we, you and I are being 100% transparent here, which is our goal on this radio show, back when you and I sold real estate, we reached a certain level. I mean, we sold 100 houses our first year, basically right out of college, more or less. And then we sold over between 100 and 200 homes every year thereafter. Never been done before, we were told. National Association of Realtors made a big deal of it. Blah, blah, blah. Now, this is back in, you know, the 90s. So the thought was is that, well, we're obviously successful. Everyone thinks we're, you know, this, that, and the other. We're the greatest thing since sliced bread. It's easy and to believe. Probably, right. And probably, you know, Julie and I, you know, we, that's where a lot of you originally came across us. You know, we wrote a book, Zero to Ten Million in One Year and all the rest of it. Now, this was forever ago, so, you know, 20 years. But here's the thought. I remember very clearly, Jules, we are probably into – you know, our real estate careers by three years, and then you and I stopped evolving. We basically, you know, we weren't really doing what we did originally uh, to learn what we originally learned and do what we originally did. So we started, we still were selling houses, but we weren't getting better at it. Our ratios weren't improving. So we had gotten complacent. It happens to all of us, but you're especially prone to it if you are successful. And that's the thing that's really scary 
about top producing agents. They're the ones that are most susceptible uh, to complacency, most susceptible to failure, not the new agents. New agents, especially if they're willing to take risks, they got nothing to lose. They're great. Those of you who are at the top of your, food, uh, top of your game, you know, you got to measure your success, not by units, not by dollar volume, but you got to recalibrate. You have to start measuring your success on, the pers- on how much you're actually increasing your net worth by every year. There's a little golden thing for those of you who are already feeling like you're at the top of the mountain. Track your annual success, how you did in your business. Again, not by the units you sold, not by the dollar volume, not by the number of stages you sat on and bragged about your success, not by the how large your team, not by all those other things. Just measure your success by actual honest-to-God increases in your net worth. Not your hypothetical net worth, but your honest-to-God net worth. Your business is not worth. It cannot be figured into the equation, nor can your personal home. That is the ultimate litmus test uh, of you as a business person. Jules, what's the next point? That's right. So point number 19, happy people are at peace with being spiritual beings in a materialistic world. They use things to improve their lifestyle, not to show off, but to create peace in their world and set an example to others of what they can do, be, see, and have. That's a pretty monumental point because it talks about how to use the things. And, and you, you know, I think at the top of this call you were talking about agents pulling out of their recession mindset still. I think there's an element of giving people permission to think big again and to not be screwed up by, you know, this point that happy people are clear on, they're at peace with being spiritual beings in a materialistic world. It is unrealistic to you know, actually live what some of you guys claim, oh, it's not about the money. Okay, well then go to your next listing appointment in a burlap sack, see how it works out. Because you, know, you wouldn't want to show off and have a nice suit or anything. So they well, use things to improve their lifestyle. Go ahead. But the other way we say it, which might be a little bit more transparent, is, we, uh, is basically we're spiritual beings and a uh, physical incarnation. In other words, basically, mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the day, as Julie just said, we are in a world where we absolutely positively need stuff. And, you know, we talked about this yesterday, and it's kind of funny, the emails I got, um, where people were like, you know what, I have always wanted a Rolex, but I've always settled for a Timex kind of thoughts. And here's the, here's the takeaway, guys. In this business, you have no income cap. In this life, you have no income cap. So if you have to free yourself up to want the nicest, best stuff for you. Now, you know, I get it. Not all of you are turned on by that stuff at the same level as others of you are, and that's okay. But don't allow yourself to basically think that don't – say, don't say things like, I can't afford it. Don't say things like – and don't allow yourself to have thoughts of, I don't deserve it. So if you embrace the fact that you're a spiritual being in a physical incarnation – I know I'm throwing some Eastern religion in there, so bear with me. Um, You will then all of a sudden feel liberated to really be okay with being motivated by external stuff, and that's fine. You know, the the main thing here, guys, is you've got to set yourself free and free yourself of these limiting thoughts and beliefs you have about yourself. So like a lot of you, our business is growing quickly. I mean, matter of fact, since the beginning of the year, we have added between coaches and salespeople over 50 people. And one of the constant challenges we have is, like you, communication. So how do we all keep in contact with each other? We have actually upgraded our entire systems to VTech phones. Now, I personally was very fearful of getting into the whole, you know, figuring out what phone system to use. And I was very tempted to even do what a lot of you are probably doing, just say, well, the heck with it. I'm just going to go with a cell phone and use that for everything. 
But unfortunately, cell phones have a lot of limited use. The drop calls, the receptions, the audio quality, all that good stuff. That's the reason that we are looking for a really great solution, and we went with VTech phones. And now the wonderful thing about VTech phones, and I'm going to give you guys some more specific, specific information about that now, is that they're just so easy to use. They're just plug and play. You don't need an IT guy. You don't need to call out you know, your phone guy. It's simple. It's an elegant solution that all of you need to seriously consider, whether it's just you and an assistant or it's you and your, in your team, or frankly, the VTech four-line small business phone system might even be perfect if you are working out of your house and use it as your home phone. VTech's new four-line small business phone system is the perfect solution for small business owners that need to install a phone system that has the qualities and features that they have previously only been available for companies with bigger budgets. The new system is the most affordable and easy to install four-line system on the market. The four-line small business phone system components include the main console and the optional of expandable cordless desk sets, cordless accessory handsets, cordless headsets, and speaker phones, allowing the system to grow alongside a business up to 10 extensions. Expanding the system is a complete breeze. Need to add an extra desk set? Not a problem. With the touch of a button, a small business owner with minimal IT experience can wirelessly register up to nine expandable components. And because they register wirelessly, the expandable components can be located anywhere there is power since only the console requires a phone line. That gives a small business owner the freedom to move around. No need to plan your workstations around phone lines or Ethernet drops. In addition to the ease of use and simple installation, the four-line small business phone system also comes equipped with a number of advanced features such as auto attendant for each line, a digital answering machine with mailboxes for every extension, full duplex speaker phones, music on hold, power failure option, six-way conferencing. The VTech four-line small business phone system components are available in stores and online at Office Depot, Office Max and Staples, as well as online at vtechphones.com. All right, Julie, next point. So the next point is point number 20. Happy people are versatile and flexible. They embrace change instead of hide from it. They have the ability to successfully communicate with multiple types of people in different situations and still create positive outcomes. They're not just attached to one type of deal or one type of relationship. So here's the action. Take the DISC personality test. Understand who you are, who your best relationships are naturally, what types of people you're challenged by as well, and strive for versatility. Agents with the highest level of versatility also make the most money. So that's, I'm working ahead to my little secret here. Versatile people are happier. They make more money. They feel less stress in life. People who lack versatility are always more negative, more stressed, and generally broke. So lack of versatility really is an expression of lack of skill. And when you have lack of skill, it causes you to gravitate just towards what you're comfortable with, which also limits your income. Does that make sense, Tim? It's perfect. And you know, we were, uh, Julie and I were doing an event um, here in Austin, I don't know, a month ago? It was actually for uh, outside of the real estate industry, because Julie and I do coaching and training and um, speaking events for all kinds of different businesses. So this one in particular was for the behavioral health industry, and we are presenting DISC. And what was fun is they'd never been exposed to it before. So there were like 50 people in the room. <clears throat> so Julie was doing the presenting of the DISC stuff. I was kind of her sidekick on a couple of the points. But for the most part, she was carrying the ball. So um, what was interesting was before they started, or before Julie started presenting it, I asked the audience, because they, they had all taken the DISC test, so they all knew what they were. 
and I asked the audience to listen to Julie present. Um, you know, it was about an hour. And then after that, uh, they needed to uh, vote on what personality type she was, D-I-S or C. And so here's the thing that happened. The room didn't know what the heck Julie was. That's called versatile, okay? So they couldn't tell what personality type Julie was after having her stand in front of them for basically an hour and they'd had interactions with her up to that point, you know, throughout the event. And um, that is what the ultimate goal is. If you are finding yourself being, and, and I know a lot of you are salespeople, a lot of you are going to be more on the drivery side. Well, if it's easy to tell that you're a driver, that's not a good thing, okay? You need to make it so that you're, you know, you need to make it so that you're a chameleon so people can't really tell what you are. That's the ultimate goal is versatility. Um, and, again, this is something – actually, you know what, Julie? We did a great radio show on DISC last week, week before. Mm-hmm. If you didn't listen to that radio show, uh, you've got to go back and listen to that one. I Personally, this is one of the topics that you don't even have to really be paying that close of attention to realize how important it is. And I remember, when, again, going back to our 20s, and Julie and I are in our 40s, but I remember when you and I first got exposed to this, Julie, it was at a Howard Brenton event. Mm-hmm. It literally was like the biggest light bulb went on <laughs> you know it was That's the a total the secret power you know it really is um and then you know I, to this day julie and i will have conversations about folks certainly the people that work for us the people that we consult for coaching clients of course neighbors people we meet at church everywhere and we'll have little conversations and she and i've integrated into when she and i are talking about different people and situations what personality type they are, because then instantly it helps us to understand why maybe this person is struggling with this person or how this person maybe isn't being versatile and such an important thing. So if you guys haven't listened to that DISC radio show we did, and we've, I think, done, I mean, we have like 300 radio shows you guys can go listen to, but that one in particular, uh, a week or two ago, go to realestatecoachingradio.com and listen to that. So listen, we're going to wrap up today. We're going to pick up, uh, we have four remaining points, and of course, being that they're at the end of the list of the best points, we're going to talk about those on the radio tomorrow, assuming Mr. Producer didn't set me up for an interview. I really don't know. In the meantime, if you guys need any help with anything at any time, I want you to request a free coaching call. Free coaching calls for agents.com, free coaching calls for agents.com. And remember, when you do, we're going to give you copies of two of our best-selling books, Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate and the uh, Real Estate Treasure Map. In the meantime, have a fantastic day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.